Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to episode 42 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Douglas Adams. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Somebody's not telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and this, my friends, is what I put up with. You have no idea. I don't get paid enough because I don't get paid. <laughs> General stuff. Let's see. What do we got for general stuff? We have a contest that is ending soon just for our listeners. <laughs> Again, this is uh, in celebration of our 2000, our two year anniversary. Holy crap. Holy 2000 crap. years. 2000 years. Our two year anniversary, which was in March. Did we miss space 1999? <laughs> <laughs> now it's April and until the end of April, April 30th. About 11 p.m. Central Time, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> Rearrange that however you want to get, to get a standard date form, date and time form. <laughs> Depends on which part of the world you're yeah, in. You know, Just put it however I mean, it's good for you. It's exactly. Just You rework that however it needs to make sense for you. <laughs> 2014, comma, 30, comma, 4, comma. Two, two years, people. <laughs> And we are giving away a Grey Gnome Games package of games. And I'm looking at them right here. We've got Tasnia. We've got Neptune. We've got the contest copy of Dig Down Dwarf and the contest copy of, of Dungeons Deep. It's a pretty good mix of Grey Gnome games, and they are all excellent. And, of course, he's got a Kickstarter starting up tonight, actually. Oh, Topical. It's right. I forget. It won't it, be by the time this goes out. But. <laughs> so uh, April 8th, and it was only going for 16 days. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 16 for 16. <laughs> so it may or may not be done by the time this yeah. is out. So that will be uh, actually the new copy of Dig Down Dwarf, the improved copy, if you will, where he's done a lot of improvements since the contest to kind of polish it up, work on some of the gem abilities. He's actually created dwarfs with abilities that you can play. So there's a lot going on with the game. Better shovel so you can dig down deeper, little dwarf. <laughs> so check that out if you get a chance. But again, uh, how can you enter this contest, you may ask, because I would be at this point. <laughs> Shut up, Jeff, and tell me how to enter. We don't listen for your witless banter. Because <laughs> it's mediocre at best. We suck, but we know it, but we've got good audio. We've got good it. content. <laughs> oh. All right. So in any form that you would like, just give us kind of a congratulations on two years of podcasting. Happy birthday, happy anniversary, however you want to say it. Whatever you want to send us, really. This is just uh, shoot us a message and you kind of get an entry. And you get one entry per type. So you can email podcast at allusgeeks.com. You can voicemail at 1952-236-GEEK. It's 1952-236-4335. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, any of those uh, methods. Put a uh, comment on this episode. Any of those forms will do it. A voicemail sung in the style of Marilyn Monroe doing happy birthday. <laughs> uh, will not garner you an extra entry, but we will play it. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Made you think, didn't I? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So any just don't put on the dress, dude. Don't don't put on the dress. <laughs> oh, video. <laughs> oh, hey, that's an entry style too. You wanna you wanna link us to a, a video entry? We'll take that too. Throw it up on YouTube. <laughs> so one entry per type. And again, April 30th, 2014, 11 p.m. Central. And sometime uh, the next recording after that, we will uh, select our winner. One of the last things I want to cover in general information. Next episode, we had talked about doing something like this a while ago. Jordan brought it back up, and we're going to give it a shot. So here's the deal. Uh, it's been out now, and it, by the time our next episode comes around, it'll be out for, for a while. So we are going to, as our geeking out topic, uh, we're going to cover Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and it will be spoilerific. Telling you now. This is not going to be a half app or a .5 or anything. This is going to be core show spoilers. That's right. So if you are not interested in that, please check the show notes for the timestamp because you've been warned in advance. And, of course, I'll say it right before we start, but you've been warned in advance. <laughs> show notes. I do them for a reason, people. It's time for the Brick Breakdown, where we're breaking down what's building up in the LEGO universe. Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Sarah. And today we have a special guest, Cody. Hello. He's our technician, as well as a one of the co-hosts of one of the podcasts we actually listen to. I thought it was a good idea to bring him on because Jeff and Jordan have been talking about the podcast they listen to, and, well, we rarely get a chance to put our two cents in, so... This is our way of uh, giving a nod to one of the podcasts we love. And that podcast happens to be called Wasting All the Time. Yes. We'll get to all the details on how you can find that out at the end of the, the segment. So today's segment, we're talking primarily about the Lego movie, uh, what impact it has on the Lego world. And the reason why we brought Cody in today is because, correct me if I'm mistaken, but you don't really have a big investment in Lego. Uh, almost none. Yes. So he's our baseline <laughs> Joe average. So if we have a question, it's like, what, what does the common man think? Cody will tell us, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's pretty much it. Yes. I, I am both common and average and I excel at those things. Yes. <laughs> Exceedingly so. <laughs> so as you might know, the Lego movie is out and has been a big success. Yeah, it's a huge, huge success for the Lego movie or for the Lego universe because um, this is the first time they've done a theatrical release of a movie. It's not the first time they've tried to do an animated movie. They've done straight-to-DVD releases, but those have not met with much success. Like Bionicle? Oh, you right. actually heard about that I've one. I've heard of it. I worked in a movie store oh, for, okay. for a cu uh, couple of years back when they were, you know, things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you actually had to be part of some sort of industry that got this thing in yes. and looked at it and you're like, what is this? Well, like for me, they also did one called Clutch Powers, which was supposed to be the first in a series of them that follow this adventure through different worlds of Lego. <laughs> Episode one of one. Yeah, oh. because it did so poorly. Now, granted, for those who got and watched it, it shows all the, you know, humor that Lego is famous for when they do their animated stuff. They just usually have done shorts up till now. So the Lego movie is the first time they've really been able to showcase all their humor, everything that they can do and release it to a wide audience and be successful with it because they had Warner Brothers with them. Yeah. So, Cody, have you heard, seen, what, what is your experience with the Lego movie? Everything is awesome. Yes, I have, I have seen it. <laughs> yes. See, and, and for someone who has absolutely nothing to do with Lego, it got, it reached him. And th yeah. that's what Lego wanted to do. In the past, there's these mark moments in Lego's history that they change and then it explodes into a new audience. So the Lego movie is just the most recent example. Uh, if you look back all the way from the beginning, it's like, Going from furniture to toys. Mm. Well, that's that's a change. <laughs> uh, going from wood to plastic. Another big change. Introducing the Lego minifigure. Another big change. Introducing Star Wars. That's the first time Lego actually looked at their product and thought, we're selling a collectible. Mm. And it and it blew up into adult well, fans. You also have to admit it also saved them because yes. they were gonna go bankrupt and then they got the license with Star Wars and that saved them from going bankrupt. Right. And then uh a couple years back they did uh Lego Friends. Now that was a bit controversial, but Lego's goal was to get new female fans, and with that focus, 
Friends was very, very successful. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at existing female fans, they were pretty alienated by it because they introduced the mini doll, which completely took the place of the mini figure. And all of a sudden, now you have a girls separated toy where everything is 99% compatible, except for this doll, which is slightly taller, different proportions, and you can't mix and match them with the minifigure. So in some respects, it didn't succeed. But if you look around on go to different stores, it's selling very well. And they've taken the Friends line and introduced Disney princesses with the same mini their mini doll. And it's also being very successful. I have to admit, I don't like the mini doll. We've bought all the Disney princess uh, sets because it does it very well. And I guess they got that 5% that I don't like, which is the mini doll. Yeah. But that gets us into um, a good point of, well, what do they do with the Lego movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how do they capitalize it? One of the ways was they got the biggest launch, 13 sets. Most series get maybe six on the high end. It's true. 13 sets right from the get go. Uh, then they introduced a big $250 set recently, and then there's still more sets on the way. Yep, because Benny's actually finally going to get a spaceship. Yes. Plus, <laughs> yep. plus, there was, Classic. <laughs> yep. there was a uh, announcement before the Lego movie was even released that a sequel was already firmly uh, set upon, mm-hmm. and that will be coming out in 2017. So they're definitely capitalizing on it for a long time. Now, I'd like to ask, Cody, what was your favorite part of the movie? That is an excellent question, being a bit of a film guy. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie, spoiler alert, consequently, yeah. if you're listening. Well, this is why we're also recording it now, giving a plenty of time. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, shame on you. Click pause, go <laughs> yeah. watch it. And- yeah, go. Exactly, go watch it. <laughs> the, the transition into the real world mm. at first really was jarring because they were portraying Will Ferrell as the villain. As in, oh, he plays with them wrong. And I'm like, that's an odd moral judgment to make from a toy company. Right. But ultimately they kind of, that he wasn't playing with them wrong. He was relating, he wasn't relating to his son. Yes. That was, and I was like, this, that was brilliant storytelling for a movie about toys. Like yes. I, it was, it was so great. And like all the witty dialogue and all the fun stuff was really, you know, it was well written and fantastic. But that, that whole moment of like, he, Will Ferrell, who playing a serious role, like mm-hmm. and that was great. His moment of realization was really impactful. I really liked that. Now, I will have to point out from an uh, a AFOL, which is adult fan of Lego perspective, there are a lot of people who got offended by that portrayal. That because here's the thing: not all adult fans of Lego act that way. In mm-hmm. fact, we know a lot of people who who mm-hmm. actively play with Lego with their kids. It's not a no touch zone. Mm-hmm. Granted. It is a representation of some people in the hobby where they do put Lego up on a pedestal and they say no touchy, it's looks only because mm-hmm. they've made these fantastical models. I mean, if we actually had that kind of layout, I mean, that would, I'd probably be a little paranoid too about people <laughs> touching, but I don't think I'd go to that length. Cody wouldn't be able to come over to visit anymore. <laughs> I want to do I would, I would take, I would. <laughs> so, part, <laughs> me too. I wouldn't be able to live where, you know, we have the Lego. <laughs> <laughs> so part of me is a little worried that Lego is putting forth this, uh, representation that adult fans of Lego are very anti-play. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a thing I'm a little worried about. Yeah, that was my initial concern, even as, uh, a non, a, a, AFOL? AFOL. Thank you. Yes, the acronym. I, <laughs> Element appeal. Yeah. Uh, it was just like, wow, you're, you're telling us that he's doing it wrong. But I think they were hopefully trying to actually say, no, no, like there's no wrong way. But, you know, th- this is how other people do it too. You need to relate to mm-hmm. other people, you, especially your family in this case. This is, you know, their toys are to, they're to make people happy. Right. And if they're not making you happy and they're not making your, your kids happy, then kind of what's the point? What are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. And then he, he had his epiphany and it was, it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. It made really great, uh, uh, movie going experience. The, the funny thing is Lego itself in the various big giant model displays, they're the ones who actually do use glue. Yes. Oh, irony. Irony there. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. One of the ironies is if you work for Lego, you have to be able to get past your fandom of it in that you cut, you glue, you use screws and all this sort of stuff. You paint. Mm-hmm. I mean, because all these, <laughs> when you go to Legoland, all these displays are outside. 
So they're in the sun and the rain. Oh, and so you, you, yeah, well, so they fade. And so oftentimes they have to repaint these things. So it's kind of funny that there's this fandom of, <laughs> Oh my God, you can't glue this. Oh my God, you can't cut this. But then there's a whole bunch of customizers. So yeah. you got, like you said, Lego is, you can be, you, you can use it many different ways. You can interact with it many different ways. And there is no wrong way as long as you're enjoying it. And that's, that's true. That's what I got out of the movie, too, as long as you're enjoying it. Now, going to an advertising point of view, uh, the Lego movie did something really smart. When they partnered with Warner Brothers, they looked at a lot of their Warner Brothers connected lines and had Batman. They had Lord of the Rings. They had Harry Potter. Mm. They had all these <laughs> licenses tied in to the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's very much on purpose so that they could get someone who's say, just watch it like Cody, mm-hmm. and if there's anything that resonates with him, boom. They immediately got him hooked, because he's like, oh, I'm just going to pick up this I'll set. just get that one set, yeah. <laughs> That's oh, how it starts. I remember that. I'm totally going to go grab one. Yeah. Like, right. Right now, and then it's probably why they released so many yeah. sets at that time. Yes. Uh, so, speaking of that, what... It, what license would Lego have to make to get you, Cody, to draw you in um probably video games video games are my main thing so something like oh like minecraft huh (laughs) no i said video games (laughs) video games will i should i should mention there is a uh, long feud with cody and uh, the game of minecraft Uh, yes so you'll have to or the lack thereof as he would put it to get more on that you'll have to listen to wasting all the time exactly yeah, like a, like a video game license, like right now I'm really into League of Legends or Diablo 3. That's something that I would go, oh, really? Like, that's interesting. Here's something that is already specifically interesting to me, and now they're expanding into that. Like, the Lego video, oddly enough, the Lego video games I never really cared about because it felt like I'm, I just want to play the regular video game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play a game with Lego models. Right. Like, it right. felt like it was built for a lot more of the family entertainment mm-hmm. or people who are already fans of Legos, which is great. I'm not ragging yeah. on the games. It's just, ironically enough, that is not for me. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the major pushes through uh, Kuso, one of um, Lego's subsidiary uh, endeavors, where they get fans to come in and present models to be created. And a lot of what's been popular are video game mm-hmm. uh, intellectual properties. They've already been like, I mean, this is old school video games, but there have been a couple of uh, popular Zelda projects. Uh, one did get 10,000 votes because that's what you need to do to get success to get it to Lego to look at. They did a Legend of Zelda one. It got seen, but unfortunately, it didn't fit Lego's criteria to be made into a set. But there's plenty of other fans that are still pushing forward. Because, yeah, there was like too many custom pieces that right. needed to be made. Well, Kuso's also still... I guess you'd say in a beta phase, they're still working yeah. out all the kinks. So they're trying to learn on how to expand their rules and, and help people. Cause they do want to help people to be successful, not just get 10,000 votes and then say, sorry, you don't meet our criteria, but we've gotten some great sets you've out of it, but mostly so far based on movies, you've gotten, um, Back to the Future, you got the DeLorean. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is coming out in June, so you'll get Echo 1 and the four um, Ghostbusters. Otherwise, it's been the uh, Martian Rover uh, Explorer unit. Curiosity? Yeah, Curiosity. Thank you. you. (laughs) See, this is why we bring him. He he has that common knowledge. The Hayabusa uh, space station. Mm-hmm. The model of the Shinkai submarine. Uh, and just to point out, Kuso started in Japan, so these right. very first sets were uh, inspired and built by those in Japan. And it was a, it's a test market. Yeah, so Shinkai that's, submarine was actually only sold in Japan. Right. And, and do you have one? Do you have like four? Will <laughs> <laughs> we wish, but unfortunately, they were so expensive to get that we we did not. Oh, but, yeah, but yeah, that would have been cool. In fact, I even had a chance of getting the Hayabusa because they did a limited release worldwide. But it was just... It didn't work out at the time. It comes back to, uh, as Cody put it, there's nothing for me to connect to. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not a giant space nerd. Uh, I, I don't have anything to do with the Hayabusa in yeah. any way, shape, or form. <laughs> it's Lego, yes. That's nice. Well, I mean, it comes down to not... Well, an average person can't buy all the Lego sets out there. You pick and choose. Mm. And, I mean, Lego doesn't expect you to. You're not mm-hmm. going to buy them all. Yeah. But uh, uh, there was also uh, EVE Online that was considered. They just didn't think the fan base was big enough. Mm-hmm. But that was another uh, video game tie-in that they've tried. They also tried Shaun of the Dead. 
by it was rated to uh, mature. mature. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So the good news is Lego has put themselves out to get these external ideas in. And so even if they can't do the, or can't think or don't think that they can do all the licenses directly, if they can see that there's a large enough fan base, which is why you have to get to 10,000 votes, and that's 10,000 individual votes, they do have a high process of going through and getting rid of anything that might, you know, the, what do you call it? Uh, fake accounts and, and things like that. Oh, yeah. For voting. So what Lego does officially uh, right now is they're going to be doing uh, the Simpsons minifigures. Uh-huh. They're ready to the house. And May 4th, which will probably be after this is recorded, mm-hmm. uh, the Simpsons themselves is going to do an entire Lego show. That's The entire show is Lego. And it's been in the process for two years now that they've been working, Lego's been working with them to create this whole episode. And now I haven't quite seen, I've only seen one picture, so I think it's still animated, just like the Lego movie's animated, but it looks like it's all made out of Lego. So um, for those who are Simpsons fans, uh, like I said, May 4th should be the air date. It was episode, f- it's going to be episode 550. 550. Yeah, 550. If you're look- Brick Like Me. Brick like me. Brick like yeah. me. <laughs> and so the the premise is Homer wakes up and he's in a Lego world. Everything's idyllic. You know, it's a great, fantastic life. And then he starts having flashbacks to his real life. <laughs> and so then he has to go through and decide which one is, you know, better to yeah, live where in. Where does he fit in? Where does he fit in? Yeah. So was that, was that a Lego pun? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Okay. It was. The average man got it. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Simpsons grows because we've only had the, um, the house, which is really expensive. The mini, $200 $200 set. The minifigures are coming out May 1st. May 1st. They have this episode and then there will be set sometime this summer. So it'll be interesting if this is a one shot line or if this grows because if the fan base is there, it could potentially grow into a a long run ongoing just like Lord of the Rings. Right. And that's why they did the Lego movie is like, we got something big. We got a lot of traction. Now let's give them something new. And it looks like Simpsons has been the big choice for them to um, tackle in terms of an intellectual property. So if all of that interests you, I would recommend checking it out. You can go to Lego.com or any of the other uh, sites. Uh, the site I particularly write for is The Brick Blogger at www.thebrickblogger.com. You can also find Sarah... Mostly on Twitter at EurogamerGirl. Uh, I do mostly board game and Kickstarter stuff, but I do try to keep up on the Lego news that's going on, so you can uh, tweet me and say hi. Mm-hmm. And then as for Cody, you can find him. Was, it, is that, was that my cue? Yes. yes. So I talk now? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Search for Wasting All the Time on the iTunes podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Wasting All the Time. We have Twitter, at TimeWastePod. Um, and there's a whole bunch of email, or I think... Dave put us on Tumblr or, or Blogger or Instagrammer. I'm not sure if he does all that stuff. <laughs> in, in, Instagram, a book, a Twitter? <laughs> a phone. A phone. <laughs> uh, although you should probably mention what Wasting All the Time is. Wasting All the Time is a comedy improv podcast uh, featuring myself, uh, my friends Dave Patterson and Jonathan Hansen. Uh, we do sketch comedy. We do like audience suggestions. If you're, if you're in a big fan of scene suggestions and like that, go ahead and give us a, drop us a line. We'll do your scene or your, or suggestion, as it were. Or even ask questions to them. And oh, yes. It, it, it can be really ridiculous questions. Yeah. Oh, so the uh, the mixing of the explosives went well. I'm just going to put that out there. Yes, yes, it did. Thank, thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. I'm yes. very glad. All right. Well, I think that's it for us this time. All right. So, um, again, I'm Will. And I'm Sarah. Special guest. And I'm Cody. All right, and... And we wasted all the time. Oh, sorry, that was, that was my other sign-off. This, this is the brick. You know what? You need to hit the bricks. Oh, I see what you did there. All right, you ready to review something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. It's always such a joy working with you. Hi, it's my ass is dragging and my tooth is sore. I just... I want to get in a hot tub of water. And are those related? <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm kind of impressed, dude. <laughs> I just want to get in the hot tub and not come out again until I've melted. Well, on that note, <laughs> the lucky game that, that Jordan wants to hurry up and get through. <laughs> We're going to be taking a look at Stratagem from Sixth Gear Games.
This is a game that's going to be coming to Kickstarter. Uh, I reached out today. He's going to be launching it April 15th, 2014. That's his target date for right now. So this will be launching soon. And we got ourselves a prototype copy here, and we've been playing it, and uh, we pulled Megan into it, and she's not talking to either of us anymore. <laughs> she now knows what it's like to play games with us that have a screw-your-neighbor factor without <laughs> another female in the room. <laughs> so, Stratagem. Uh, Stratagem is kind of just, it's an abstract strategy game with some area control. Yeah, there's a little. I mean, that's where you're getting your points from. It's it's a light area ah, control. Yeah. There's uh some push your luck elements. There is some random to it if you play it base. There are variants to not play it in that style if you want to play it as a strictly strategy game. But we'll uh, talk about our recommendation on that when we get there. And really, this is a pretty easy game to kind of set up, go through, and even play. I mean, your your core of what you're doing is pretty easy. You get a board that has some hex tiles on it with varying uh, numbers of points and or potential to score more cards. And they're called action cards in this one. So to score more action cards. And and then you're starting hex. And then you're you not get, scoring them. You're earning them. Earning them. Yeah. yeah. And then you get uh, 10 tiles in your color, whatever your player color is, and a pawn in your color. The pawns don't do anything to distinguish themselves. So if you're colorblind in that in that aspect, you might need a little help. But the nice thing about the hexes is they all have different symbols for the different colors. So that is kind of cool. So, I mean, you can kind of uh, tell them apart if you're colorblind. You know your symbol. Just kind of focus in on your symbol. And you, again, we got action cards and the action cards are kind of just, I mean, they're standard kind of action card things that you would think of in a game. They change the rules a bit. They mess with your opponents. They may give you an advantage, you know, plus one die, plus, uh, move, move more, move less. Uh, I win on ties. I win outright, you know, in a battle. Yeah. Uh, Just all kinds of little things like that. You get two battle dice, which are uh, regular or they're multicolor D6s with pips. And then you get a movement dice, which is a D6, but it only has twos, threes, and fours on it. And that's going to be your movement uh, when we get to that. Basically, put the board in the middle. You get all of your pieces. Everybody gets their pieces. You determine who goes first by somebody rolling one of the battle dies. And whatever it lands on for a color, since it's a multicolor D6, that's the color that will start first. If nobody happens to be playing that color, it's the next one clockwise to it. It's the pips that are colored, not yes. the die face. So what do you do for your turn? Well, again, this is uh, pretty simple to go through. You get like three phases. You uh, get your clear phase, which if you have any, you know, the, the tiles are double-sided. One side is is got less of your color and, and it just has your symbol in the middle and the rest of it's kind of white. That's kind of the claim side. And then the other side's got more of a border around your symbol and stuff and got more of the color on it, so it's kind of a darker side of the tile. That's the control side. So in clear, if when you start your turn, if you have any tiles on the board that are already in the control side, they come off the board. Then in control, you flip all of your... If you have any tiles on the claim side already on the board, you flip those over to the control side. And if they have points underneath them, you score those points. If it has a card underneath it, you get an extra action card. And then in the claim is where you're going to roll the movement die. And it's going to tell you how far you can move, two, three, or four. And then you'll move. You have to move max if you can. And you'll move. And for every spot that your pawn lands on, you put one of your tiles down on the claim side. Now, if you go over an opponent's tile and that opponent is not there, you just go ahead and remove it and claim it for yourself. If you go onto a spot with an opponent's pawn, that's where you'll do a battle. Battle's pretty straightforward. Each one will get a battle die, roll it. Whoever is higher gets the tile. The loser will go back to their home space. You go home. You go home. And ties go to defender. So if uh, there's a tie, then... The attacker goes back to home space. And really, that's it. You rinse and repeat on that. You can play your action cards whenever they're available, uh, whenever it's appropriate to play them. But you can only play one card per turn. So, like, if it's my turn and I play a card to help me move, can't play a card in battle to win it. <laughs> that somebody. Somebody not in this room might have tried to do. 
<laughs> that might hear this in two or three years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She didn't come down to be on it. So yeah, it won't be anytime <laughs> soon. But if I've played a card to help me move and then it, on my opponent's turn, if they come in and battle me, I can play that card to help me win the battle. Battle you? That's a sin. <laughs> So, you know, it's again, it's a different player's turn. So you have the option of playing another card again. And you only start out with three. You only start out with two. (laughs) There was a bit of a lack of clarity in one of the pages of the rule book or two, depending on how you look at that. You only, you you start out with just a few cards, a couple, two, three, two, three cards. That needs, that needs to be fixed in the rule book straight up. Uh, you start with the two or three cards. And the only way to earn more cards is to go to those, and and the spots for earning cards are on the outer edge of the board. So the only way to earn more cards is to go to the outer edges of the board. And the tiles kind of directly around them don't score you any points. Yes, the outer edge of the board is just the player's home bases, and other than the the action card claiming spots are blank. Scoring increases the closer and you go, so you balance needing cards to protect yourself or irritate somebody else versus getting to the center of the board, because at the center of the board is the big 10-point hex, and then scattered among the ones and twos are also some five-pointers. So you want to balance between keeping your card uh, supply high, but also not just scoring which round. Yeah. You want, yeah, you definitely want to make sure you've got some some uh, cards on hand to make you a little more versatile, especially... Uh, I would say it's probably the more players you have, the more you're going to rely on cards, cards. in your hand and yep. stuff because there's going to be less spaces for you to kind of be off by yourself and, and control. And yeah, the points on the board go from ones, there's ones, twos, fives, and tens, tens. and one ten. So, you know, the more towards the middle you get, the higher kind of the points be with the center being the, the ten spot. And basically the game keeps going like that until you get a certain amount of points. Now, uh, you can shorten this or lengthen it depending on how much time you want. They recommend if you want around a 45 to 60 minute game, if you have two to three players, you go for a hundred points, four to five players, 75. And if you do the full six players, they say 50 points. And again, you can adjust that as you see fit. Uh, there's all, like we said, there's also some variants that come along with this game, but really that's kind of the base of it. You clear. You control and you claim. Those are the three phases. And you just keep doing <laughs> doing that. And you, like I said, every time you control, you score your points and you keep track of that. And then when you, as soon as somebody hits that point total, the game is over. Did I miss anything? No. Anything you want to go into a little more detail on or? No. Okay. So components. Again, we're not going to talk about components too much because this was a prototype. It was a handmade prototype. This that is supposed to give us a general idea of what the end game is going to be. Now, there's not a lot of like, there's, there, I don't think they're even on the final one. There's not going to be a lot of fancy art or anything like that because this is an abstract strategy game. So it's not needed at all. Yeah. So for what it looks like, it's going to include. What do you? I mean, is the do the components do the game justice? Yeah, it's your boards, your tokens, your people, and your cards. As long as they stay. You know, at a level at least where they are right now, everything serves its purpose. Like you said, the only real issue here might be, you know, a color blindness thing because they are the exact same shape. There's no distinguishing figure, but you know, just bring in a piece if you have that. Right. But for, for what it is, the, uh, the board is a good size. So unless you're on a giant table, everybody will be able to reach it. The layout of the board is very simple because it's just a hex grid. The layout of the cards. As it is now, is just text, but I don't think it needs anything fancier because it's just not that kind of fluffy game. There's mm-hmm. no need for symbols and kapow and, you know, anything like that. Yeah. And uh, the dice are, you know, cubes. Right. I would agree with most of that. I do think, I hope they do stay with the, the actual chits mm-hmm. that have symbols along with the color because I think that that is a nice thing. I mean, even in like a, a low light setting, I mean, you, you know your symbol. You know, if you've got one off off the board, you know what symbol's yours. So when you're, because you're constantly pulling those off and putting them on. What they really reminded me of was uh, pyramid from Battlestar Galactica. Mm, yeah, <laughs> those hex cards and uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a nice little touch. Like I said, I mean, we we might have 
Uh, again, the uh, rolling of the die, it, and the only time the color comes into play in that is first player. So as long as somebody around the board isn't colorblind, you can tell what color that came up. at least not an all-spectrum of color <laughs> yeah. on the dice. Otherwise, you just you know take one chit each and randomize it out that way. And the pawn. But the, the main thing that you're focusing in on was is the control of the tiles that the, you can tell. The only complaint I have, and again, pre-prod, so this could be resolved and maybe he will. For a game that's supposed to score up to 100, there's no scoring apparatus that yes. came with our pre-prod version. And there's no scoring track or anything like that. on. So while that does not detract from the game, it is you know, just a minor irritant. Uh, and hopefully that'll be resolved. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big pet peeve of mine <laughs> as i stated minor <laughs> we for me jeff flipped the table <laughs> it it did you know it didn't detract from the game i mean okay it did detract from the game a little bit but the actual gameplay no i mean it, it was it was a, a good game uh, uh, personally i think i only lost because megan never recorded my score <laughs> what did you get last round <laughs> Why is my column four 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 entries shorter than everybody else's? Well, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute too. Because <laughs> there's no point in scoring zero. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I just you in general I don't like it when games make you score yourself, especially board game side of things. I mean, there's a couple card games that I've still kind of complained about to the person that made it. <laughs> I'll get to that. But it's meant to kind of be in that trick-taking style game. So, I mean, you're kind of used to that, right? When you play spades and all that stuff, you, you kind of have to keep score. But I expect more when you're in the board game arena. I shouldn't. If I'm bringing a big box with me or whatever, I mean, give me what I need to keep score. Even Scrabble does it. It's a pet peeve of mine, but not. Not bad. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a major dis- distraction for me for this game, or something that's going to make me go. Yeah, I don't want to play this again. <laughs> so, mechanics. What did you think of the mechanics of this game? Pretty straightforward. You're doing three things. You're rolling. You're adding or removing tiles, and if necessary, you're battling. Okay, technically four things because if also necessary, you're drawing a card. But it's simple. You roll a die to see how much you move. If there's no tile where you're moving, you put your tile down. If there's a tile there, you replace it. And unless you have a token, your opponent's token there, it's uncontested. So you not only are possibly gaining points for yourself, you might also be depriving an opponent of points if they haven't scored those yet. So mechanically, I think it's, uh, it's a good idea and it flows well. This is one of those games like when, when we got it, when I started reading it, even when I kind of told you about it, we were kind of like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> So there's some things here that I, I don't like. And I think I, when we were first talking about it, I even said, well, you know, we've got these variants we can try if we don't like it. Now we play, we always want to try to play something base before we start playing around with variants. We, I think quickly decided we didn't care about the, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't even bother trying them because we liked the base. This is if you're a bloodthirsty group like ours. A- <laughs> Big screw your neighbor game. Yes. You will never want to play a card on yourself. You will always save the shafting <laughs> for, for somebody else. And the, and that is kind of a cool thing that I liked about it too, because it was one of those things like you couldn't really attempt to stay in the middle and play, you know, king of the hill with the 10 spot because you're going to run out of cards quick. So you kind of got to get all the way back out to the outer edge. Well, especially since you can't backtrack. That's one of the prime rules. You can't backtrack over where you already have tiles. So if you're on the 10 and you've claimed the 10, you still have to end around a little bit to let some of the tiles come off or hopefully somebody removes them and then try to get back. In. So there's two reasons why you can't. You can't, you can't backtrack on anything you've played that turn. Right. So like you can't go. Like if you start on the 10, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can't, you're, you've started there. So you have to stay off there. Right. And if you go over it and lay it down, you can't like go one, two, three, uh, you know, one, two, be the 10, three, the next one, yeah. and then come back on to the 10 so that you can defend it in the case of an attack. Yeah. I just, I don't know if we did it very often, but you can go over a pre, if you've had one that was previous, you just obviously don't get points for it. Right. Yeah. yeah it's kind of like a, a blank space to you at the point. So yeah, I, I really like that aspect. I mean, I remember I was doing a lot of the little loops, like, and now to go back to the 10 and now to try to get a card and now to go back to the 10. And so there was a, a lot of that. And again, it's those cards, especially with our group and especially, like I said, the, the way we just love to screw with each other. We ran out of cards quick and it was always like, I got to go get more cards. 
So we were constantly kind of going out towards the outer edge. But all the cards are multi-purpose. I mean, yeah. it's either a benefit for you or a penalty for somebody else. Plus one to a move die or, you know, there's the alternate. You know, if you want to use it on yourself or a minus one for somebody else, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, they're all multi-purpose for the most part. They either affect multiple dice depending on which phase you're in or whatever action somebody else or you are trying to do. So, yeah, it's, there's lots of good cards here that work both ways. It's such a small deck but you don't get many of them and and you have to kind of really work to get extras mm-hmm. uh we in our we still didn't see all the the cards even though we were constantly trying to get cards you know after the game we were like oh hey this would have been a cool card to get <laughs> yeah i mean even if you're doing the loop you're only going to see a card like kind of every third turn unless you're rolling max on your movement every round so if there is one possible variant that I would be okay with, it might be the set movement. But the die, I mean, two, three, four, it wasn't that bad. It was fine and, and you can mitigate some of it with cards. I mean, there's not only the plus one die, but there's the, you roll a two, move four. Uh, you know, and then, but then I roll the, a four, move two. Oh, well, yeah. you could do that too. <laughs> Somebody else rolled a four, you make a move two. Or there's the mulligan. Yep. Just re-roll it. Just re-roll it. Let's see what else happens. So and there's there's lots in the cards with the mitigation that you can do. We were fine with the die, and I think that was the biggest thing we were really kind of skeptical about. Is as soon as the you know roll and move <laughs> aspect uh, was discussed, we we're like, mm. yeah, but it, you know, as it turns out, it wasn't really like that. No, it wasn't like just monopoly or talisman no. where you uh-uh. you don't have a choice. It's you you roll to see what you're going to move, but then it's your decision. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that if there was one variant. Like I said, they were like, okay, you, you gotta choose a variant to play with. I'd probably, I'd do the, the set movement, set, set action points for movement or whatever. Other than that, I'd leave everything alone. And yeah, even I it, think the, the cards make the game yeah. and to, to do anything that would take away the movement of the cards. I think that would make it, um, a much more dry game. So rules, rules were pretty good overall. Like I said, there's the we one thing. Three cards, two cards. Yeah. yeah there's the, <laughs> the whether or not you're supposed to have three. Cause in setup, it tell in the version we've got, which again, this isn't coming out till April 5th. This isn't going to Kickstarter till April 15th. And of course, not coming to other people till much later than that. Once they're successful. So this is something that's an easy fix. I just got to get a hold of them, let them know. And I'm sure somebody else probably has as well by now. You know? You'll know, you be the 30th dude. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Damn, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> but there's, you know, in the setup, it tells you to take three cards. Doesn't mention anything about giving one back or something like that, which is what I kind of started looking for. Because later in the in the instructions, it talks about you start with two cards. And, but you can have more. And it was like, okay, but you, three. <laughs> so just that little clarification. Other than that, I mean, you know, you had asked me like, well, what happens in a tie? Cause I might, might want to play a card. <laughs> yeah. And just things like that. So pretty much everything we asked, we had a answer for. Uh, it's a rules. small book. It's easy yeah. to find, uh, pretty much anything you're looking for. Most of the, back of the book is like example play yeah the back page is a very nice quick reference and yep. the back two three pages is examples yeah, exactly. and there's uh still a few examples as you go every you know, it's well laid out it answers all your questions um as you need them yep so teachability what do you think you taught us in 10 minutes and that was including a couple of questions so i think it's fairly easy to teach yeah it wasn't one of those well, wait a minute. What, what do I do again when it came to your kind of turn either? I mean, it's, it's one of those games where it's, it's going to be very casual, gateway, family friendly. Just um, don't, don't take your dice out of, <laughs> out of cycle. That's all. You're not allowed to roll until after you've cleared your cards. I found Follow that. the rules. <laughs> there's, there's an order of sequence here, Jordan. <laughs> just don't even look at the dice until you've cleared your tokens. That's all I'm saying. But it's just, it's a nice game that, has that repetitive flow that you can understand quickly with then the strategy of where you're going to go. Are you going to take tiles away from an opponent that if you don't, they'll score next turn, that their next turn, you know, little things like that that are in there, but how to actually play the game. It's not like, you know, we've had games where you go, okay, well, wait a minute. Now that it's actually my turn, what do I do? This is definitely not one of those games. I can definitely see where this might, the only drawback might be, um, well, I'll say that because it's not to do with those. <laughs> is it to do with teachability? Because that's what we were talking about. Yeah, it's not to do with teachability <laughs> either. <laughs> All right. 
theme. There is really no theme because it's an abstract game, but no, that's this okay. Is, this is totally, totally Babylon 5 theme. <laughs> red, green. He who takes red scarf, uh, or green, purple scarf, is purple. He who takes green scarf is green. <laughs> red versus green. It's the Drazi War. Okay. Okay, oh there's no theme. <laughs> Are you done? I suppose. Yeah, there, I mean, there's no. Don't give me the dead eyes there. <laughs> oh, I'll give it. That was funny. I don't care who you are. I'm sure there's somebody out there. There, there, there's always one. He's in the room. Get out over there. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's no theme on this game, but it doesn't need to be. It's again, it's an abstract strategy game that plays very well without a theme. Like, you don't need a fluff backstory on this. You're, you're really getting together to play this abstract strategy game, do a little, like I said, light area control, heavy screw your neighbor and collect some points. So your overall slash fun factor. Overall slash fun factor is overall slash pretty good. Uh, it's, I enjoyed it. We were laughing, all three of us, rather a lot. All three of us came to the table after fairly poor to mediocre days. <laughs> but by the end of the game, we were all laughing. So I, I think, uh, it, it's enjoyable. It's funny. Uh, the screw your neighbor element is always going to be a big plus for me. The only drawback I can see is because Megan and I did it. It can kind of turn into a bit of a game of keep away. Uh, if one person is jumping out to a solid lead where everybody will gang up against them, it's kind of possible. But with the way the board is set out and everybody's home areas being farther away and limited movement, uh, unless everybody really does want to gang up on one person, it's, it's not necessarily going to happen all the time, but there, there could be keep away or kingman, you know, but. Uh, I don't think that would happen a lot. Certainly not in our group. <laughs> but no, solid, uh, fun, funny game overall. Yeah, yeah. There could be the potential for a little bit of king making or the gang, like you said. But it's it, it is hard. I mean, maybe not as hard potentially with six players. But it seems like if you're kind of focused in on that, you're really hurting yourself a little bit anyway. Mm -hmm. Other than like when we were playing, it was just a no. Let's. We straight out got to stop the points from happening <laughs> or this game is done. Or he, or he wins. Yeah. 99. Uh, 99. <laughs> 99 problems. Stop. <laughs> that was the best. Oh. So, yeah, fun factor slash overall for me, this was an extremely enjoyable game. We had a lot of fun doing it. It says 13 up on it. You know, uh, the only thing I can see for it being 13 up would be the reading on the cards. Everything else is pretty straightforward. So... You can go definitely go younger and just it's a lot of fun. A two to six player game. It played really. We played three, primarily three players, and that was a lot of fun. We were and again, you the board size doesn't change by number of players, but again, you you're looking at how many points it, you need more points because you've got more open space and less chance to kind of screw with each other right away versus a six player game where everybody's almost on top of each other right away. And so you need less points to win, but it's going to be a little, probably a little bit harder to collect some of those points. But it was, it was a great game. This again, this was one we kind of, I like it when we get games like this where we're not sure going in or we're on the fence or, you know, but we, we always try to keep an open mind and at least play the game the way it's meant. And we, I mean, we did, we went into this one going, get the variant page ready. <laughs> And at, by the time we were done, we were like, put the variant page away. <laughs> we're good. This is a good game just as it is for what it is. The light strategy game, a little bit of area control, lots of screw your neighbor. And you know, you've got it. as soon as you say that, you know, you've probably got us. You got to You got to screw up pretty big. To get us away from a really good screw your neighbor game. At some point, somebody on the game crafter, somebody's going to kickstart, somebody's going to do this. Heck, it could be Hasbro is going to create a game just called Screw Your Neighbor. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, here, here's, here's an, ex, here's a, an upfront exclusive for people that hang out at the game crafter. The next, if they don't do it before I get a chance, the next contest that All Us Geeks sponsors is going to be a Screw Your Neighbor style game. And Jordan's going to help me uh, judge that one because you get a good screen neighbor game going. If we get that'll that'll be like our. If there are tears, you win. That'll be like our most joyous month ever. Just playing <laughs> screw your neighbor games to try to figure out who's who made the best screw your neighbor game. <laughs> All right, so stratagem, great game. Uh, we definitely think you should check it out. The variants are there if you want to use them. If you want a tighter strategy game. 
But really, as it stands, it's a solid game without adding any of that in. It's supposed to launch on Kickstarter. April 15th from Sixth Gear Game. What we're watching. I apparently have not been watching much. That must mean our DVR is getting full. So I guess I'll be watching a lot of stuff right this there weekend. with you. As I mentioned, I did go see Captain America Winter Soldier. It was thematic because that was the day of the snowstorm. <laughs> I did finally get to finish off Sword Art Online the second season. That went kind of weird. It was things I was not expecting. It's definitely weaker than the first season, but certainly not bad. Uh, it was a good continuation of what happened in the first season, the characters, and good growth. Strange, strange going on. Check it out though. If you, if you haven't read, finished the second one yet, because you haven't bending over for the $80 English language <laughs> for six up DVDs, you know, but it's on Crunchyroll. Check it out. And, uh, I finished off Chaos Semicolon Head that I started. And that was really good. That was really Philip K. Dick. A lot of Philip K. Dick inspiration there about reality and uh, the nature of reality and, uh, and consciousness and, and, uh, the world. It was really, really excellent. And it was also, some really good creepy stuff. Didn't outright freak me out or anything, but a couple of the scenes were just like, just really got in your head and like, oh, it's a good thing they didn't show that full on. And then, um, yeah, I haven't really been watching any TV recently because like I said, DVR must be getting full. That's, uh, that's really it all uh, on the movies. It's apparently been a fairly bland two weeks from the what I'm watching phase standpoint. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a, a ton either. Some of the standard stuff we've been kind of watching up and on. Well, oh, Game you, of Thrones started. Game Sunday, of Thrones, yeah. yeah. So we watched Game of Thrones while we put together furniture. <laughs> so uh, Archer, still checking out Archer. I mean, I, I love Archer. Arrow, been watching uh, Arrow recently. Face Off and Game of Thrones, really. A lot of other things have kind of fallen by the wayside. I don't think. Glad we're finally getting the the Hound and. Uh, Arya? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good. It was a pretty decent episode. And, uh, if any more words come out of your mouth, <laughs> every chicken in <laughs> You named your sword. A lot of people named their swords. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't and see what scene. he says. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, like, I, we haven't watched any movies. We kind of put aside time this weekend to go see Captain America so that we can talk about it next time. And we just want to see it. You know, we were out of town this past weekend, an anime detour with Don. So we'll talk more about that when Don comes on. He believe he's coming on uh, May 20th, I think, is what we were talking about while we were up at Anime Detour. So he'll be back in May, and we'll spend some time talking a little bit about Anime Detour at that time, I think. So that's all I have. What we're reading slash listening to. All right. Did you get to hear We're Alive? Not yet. All right. We're alive. Chapter 44, Life and Death. Good chapter. I read it. I finished it off, I think, this morning. Uh, so, yeah. Bounces back and forth between two things. Significant things happen at both spots. That's where I'll leave it. And then, let's see. Um, I'm caught up as far as I can get on, on the sex comic, I think. Um, <laughs> I think issue 11 i think it goes oh you went issue. that far yeah i went out to issue 11 and i i kind i'm still i i still not 100 percent on how i feel about it overall but i still want to keep going because now they've got the sidekick they've introduced so again it's my it, it really reminds me of what if batman had given up on gotham and so this guy you know he's taken off and he's come back and but he's made this vow on somebody's deathbed that he won't take up again but he spent all this time trying to clean up the city and now he's trying to check out where this how this you know what's happened to the city and now we've got the sidekick the robin who is pissed off that he left and and wants to keep going and is trying to figure out his own way to infiltrate everything so there's this outer story that i like but then there's all this inner it's like, what, what, what? I don't understand why, you know, it's. Couldn't you just do a hero comic for me? <laughs> it's just very bizarre sometimes. And I mean, and they just don't care. I mean, you, if you read any of the email, the mailbag section or whatever, they don't. They're just like, yeah, big, big middle finger to you two. <laughs> it's our story. It's our telling it. Read it or don't. So yeah, I went up to issue 11 and I'm just like, oh man, the sidekick and he's going to get in trouble and <laughs> damn it. And then I've been reading Crossed a lot. Finished the main thing of Crossed, which is only like, I guess I think it's like 10-ish issues. And now I'm reading Badlands, uh, which is like 
50 issues or something like that. So I'm going through that. And that's like, that's kind of cool because it's, it's like, uh, each arc is a mini story. So it's like, here's this group. All right. Now let's this group trying to survive and what happens to them. So it keeps jumping all over to these different little groups and how things play out for them, which spoilers usually not well. <laughs> Because it's Ennis. Something, I was going to say something from Ennis and yeah. it plays well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. There's no way I didn't know what I was getting into. If anybody ever reads it's a an Ennis well it comic, plays out, it's how gruesome it gets. <laughs> and, and expects shiny, happy, and uh, regular. <laughs> this is your first Ennis comic. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but I am enjoying it. I am enjoying the overall story of it. It's basically, I, like I was telling you, it's like 28 days later ish in that they're not zombies they're not they're not dead but they it's very much the bodily fluids infect you kind of thing so spit and blood and all that good stuff can can turn you uh and then you get this like weird uh, almost upside down cross thing on your face (laughs) you get the cross on your face and then it's just like the whole moral core everything that makes you stay good and not make bad decisions just kind of gets rotted out of your brain so and it's very much the so how long ago did F's. this get into you then <laughs> me <laughs> i'm waiting for it. I'm, I'm wondering if you do touch-ups every time you come over here or something so i don't get to see it so it's uh very much like the, top of the head top. <laughs> you know can we eat it f it or you know kill it and sometimes not necessarily in that order no i was just gonna say sometimes all three at once yeah. Because <laughs> it's Ennis. <laughs> Slightly different apocalypse kind of deal. And I'm digging it. I, I like it. And I've, again, it's Ennis. I knew going in when I was kind of getting in. I like the boys and stuff like that. And so I've been enjoying it. That's, uh, that's mine. What are you doing? Oh, the boy. <laughs> I have not had much, uh, comic reading in the last couple of weeks. Uh, because I've spent all my time either grinding through the Daylight War or grinding through Words of Radiance. And I finished Words of Radiance, and that was uh, 1,100 pages well spent. It was overall very, very good. As I said last time, I was not particularly keen on what he did with the character of Shallan, but he brought her back, for the most part, uh, into uh, a likable character for me. And he grew the world. He grew the backstory. He gave a little bit more reasons about why things were happening. He he grew the characters. Um, he grew the lore uh, uh, around what the characters were turning into it was overall a really, really good book. And dude, you better live to write eight more books because <laughs> that every other year, you know, it's, uh, it's 16 years and I, I can only give seven to Robert Jordan's. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, I've put dragons of Violet twaddle. Yeah. yeah. New from yeah, Hustler yeah. magazine. S- fan fiction. <laughs> No tennis hell, Felvin. Don't. <laughs> Dragons of Autumn Twilight on hold because I want to get through Daylight War, the third uh, Desert Spear book, because at this point I just want it to end. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to give up on it because I spent an audible credit on it, damn it. But it's, it's a, you know, I bitched in the second book that the whole first third of the book was the main villain's childhood and rise to power about where he is now the whole first third of the third book has been his wife and how she got to where she is to get him to where he is i'm like i don't (laughs) care it's called the daylight war implying at some point in these three thousand pages there's going to be a war i don't care about your backstories i don't even really care about the main character's backstory in as much in in so far that you know okay he's tattooed now and he's bringing back the wards okay let's get to the war part of daylight war people (laughs) thank god you're reading this listening I even had to put Audible up to 1.5 speed. I, I just, let's get it done. Let's get it done, people. By the way, have you ever tried to listen to us at 1.5? <laughs> I've heard a couple people say that they listen to us at 2 or 2 plus. I tried 1.5 once when I was trying to, uh, when I was behind on show notes. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, people. <laughs> They're hopped up and unintelligible. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like the chipmunks on crack. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping for some because I've dedicated a lot of hours to this thing. And the first book really was kick ass. But <laughs> why, why, Peter Brett? Why did you do this? And then after finishing Words of Radiance, I then picked up 
Frank Schatzing's The Swarm, which is, as it was described to me, if Jaws didn't mess up your relationship with water when you were a kid, <laughs> this will. Uh, it's apparently the evil is under the water. I'm only a few pages into it. Some Peruvian fisherman is about to die, but uh, it's chunky. It's German originally, so it's got to be good. It's got a lot of glowing reviews in many languages. So, yeah, I'm hoping for something better out of this than the Daily War. Uh, and then, uh, I discovered that, uh, the conglomeration of James S.A. Quarry are in fact putting out a fourth Expanse book, and that'll be out later this year. So I'll have to get on that. Uh, I haven't started reading, obviously, because it's not out, but just throwing it out there because the Expanse universe was awesome. And uh, it seems like it's going to be a fairly direct continuation from the, the first three books, many of the mains, and a direct continuation of what happened at the end of the third book. So yeah, looking forward to that comes out. Oh, and we're into April now, so by the end of next month, the next Dresden book should be out. That's previewed from Alice Yes. <laughs> oh, good new segment. <laughs> Time to start looking for bumper music. <laughs> what we're playing? I don't have much. Nor do I. All right. Played pull. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Trap shooting taking game oh, play pigeon say, shooting trap please. shooting game with inspiration from trick taking games inspired by trick taking games chevy doesn't chevy doesn't want it uh, 100% associated with trick taking which I, I i understand i there's some things that he does a little bit different poll by chevy dodd is uh, actually going to be launching April 21st, I think, is his target date. So uh, I've been playing that. I'm going to do a video. I told him I'd do a video for the game. This is one that uh, Megan and I really like. Spoiler. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun. Hoping to maybe at some point get... Uh, I don't know. Do you like tricking that card games very much? Depends. Yeah. i not like spades or hearts or anything like that. Yeah. Euchre bridge, no. But <laughs> other things where there's more of a point than just yeah. dealing with a deck of cards. Yeah. yeah. Which there is in this. I mean, it's it's a, it's a cool concept. I like what he's done with it, and I like uh, some of the twists he's put in it. So I've been playing that off now. Like I said, we'll, uh, we'll be doing a video here. Uh, I think part of my weekend is dedicated to video time. <laughs> and then just to make sure, you know, I was at Anime Detour, which happened to be the same weekend as International Tabletop Day. So the only, just to make sure I could say I participated in International Tabletop Day, I, uh, we brought a couple games with us, and the one we got to play was Metacell Genesis, which is another game that we'll be taking a look at here in the future. That one is going to be on Kickstarter soon as well. Thanks to everybody that did respond to my BGG post about uh, how your International Tabletop Day went. Thank you all. Yes, the mostly Monday musings. <laughs> Every once in a while. Kind of like most things we do. Got out on a Monday. Yeah, doesn't happen every Monday, though. Well, but it's amusing on a Monday. <laughs> so that's what I have. All right. Well, I've been playing Injustice still, both on my console and my phone, and I really feel I need to put that down. Kind of kind of burned out on it when all my free time when I'm not reading is either. I feel you need to put it down as well. Got in a good game of X-Wing. We did the Prey Hunter scenario that came with the fire spray, and I was, I was of course, the bounty hunter. And it was a tight game. He had all my TIE fighters down to one hit because they have no shields. And he had Boba Fett out of his shields and he was just in his hull. And I only destroyed one ship, but I only needed, well, technically I destroyed two. I had destroyed his best ship just to get it out of the way because he had a Y-Wing, which they're just beastly. And then he had made his B-Wing the second beastly ship in terms of shields and hull points, the my bounty. So I took out the Y-Wing just to take away some of his activations, and then I concentrated on the B-Wing. And he made the critical mistake of breaking off from the herd. He had uh, his entire... I mean, I, I know what he was going for because it's the type of thing that I do. But sadly, I expected him to do this. So he took all his ships and went to the left, but then took the B-Wing off to to the right just at the time where i figured he was going to do something like this and i brought all my ships to the right and a good concussion missile removed all his shields and then uh it was two turns three turns after that it was just vape so i only destroyed the two ships but i really only needed to destroy the one that was a really good game uh, i hope to get some more x-wing in with him this is jake who does not listen so there you go jake <laughs> and then uh got in clash which uh oh that's right 
It was enjoyable. Yeah. Very much fun. It's another um, one that you'll, their video will be coming shortly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to dominate you pretty hard on that one. So any game where I can leave you a crying little puddle under the table, it's good. So and- you've never had a good <laughs> That would be Clash Dawn of Steam. Dawn of Steam, yeah. And whatever lies you got to tell yourself to get to sleep. And that one is on Kickstarter right now. Already punched. And then we got in two games of Apocalypse. That's right. Uh, That's what I've been playing. I'm glad you remembered what we played. (laughs) Because it completely, obviously, left my mind. (sighs) All right. So that brings us to the end of another episode. Don't forget, Teaser Tuesdays are coming. Check out our previews for forged in fire from arcane wonders <laughs> why does nobody take us serious why don't we get more stuff i have never said that <laughs> i know i'm happy with the scam we got going on people just sending <laughs> yeah, us all these free games <laughs> doing absolutely nothing in return just just scrooge mcduck in it just mm, swimming swimming in game components well <laughs> we could uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for those. Again, Forged in Fire is coming soon, and we'll have a contest for that as well. But for the next three Tuesdays from us recording this. <laughs> Starting on the 15th of April. From on the 15th of April. For three Tuesdays, we will show you a new card each week from the Forged in Fire expansion that is coming soon. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Jeff King. And I'm the Canadian. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the GeekCast Network. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other podcasts with a geek culture slant, head over to geekcastnetwork.com, where you will find podcasts such as Almost Podcast, a fan-driven companion podcast for the Almost Human television show, The Geek Cast Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at geekcastnetwork.com. Here the end we approach, become